From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. This week, Dr. Cairns continues a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Despise Not Thy Youth. The text is found in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Jeremiah was young and felt a natural shrinking when sent upon a great errand by the Lord. But he who sent him would not have him say, I am a child. What he was in himself must not be mentioned, but lost in the consideration that he was chosen to speak for God. He had not to think out and invent a message, nor to choose an audience. He was to speak what God commanded, and speak where God sent him and this he would be enabled to do in strength not his own. Is it not so with some young preacher or teacher who may hear these lines? God knows how young you are, and how slender are your knowledge and experience. But if he chooses to send you, it is not for you to shrink from the heavenly call. God will magnify himself in your feebleness. If you were as old as Methuselah, how much would your years help you? If you were wise as Solomon, you might be equally as willful as he. Keep you to your message, and it will be your wisdom. Follow your marching orders, and they will be your discretion.
consume us as to the truth we hold with our calling so sure victory secure steadfast we press to the goal keep the race before us keep our hearts turned toward the prize with patience and Among the great classics of Christian literature, A.W. Tozer's The Pursuit of God is remarkable for its impact on the lives of countless believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. The product of a lifelong passion for knowing God in an intimate, soul-refreshing relationship, this small volume exposes the roadblocks that keep us from fully knowing God, reveals our responsibility of the pursuit, and ultimately leads us into the very presence of God Himself. Some of the chapter titles include Following Hard After God, Restoring the Creator-Creature Relation, and The Sacrament of Living. As you read and study Tozer's penetrating insights, you will learn the meaning of Paul's words in Philippians 3, verse 10, that I may know him. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer complete reprints of this timeless devotional help free of charge for your copy of The Pursuit of God You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. You may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak. 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 
1-800-242-29615. Just ask for your free copy of The Pursuit of God, and we'll be glad to provide it. This week on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns will continue his series on the person and work of the Holy Spirit as he brings the opening portion of a message entitled, The Power of the Spirit. The text is Acts chapter 1, verse 8, in which, just prior to his ascension back to heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. In the previous message on the filling of the Spirit, Dr. Cairns pointed out there are two lines of teaching on that subject. On the one hand, every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit in the sense that the Spirit comes to dwell within the believer at the moment of conversion. However, there is also a sudden empowerment of the Spirit for special acts of service for Christ. This may happen repeatedly in the Christian's experience. It is this aspect of the filling of the Spirit that Dr. Cairns will stress in this message, the power of the Spirit. If we were to take a text this morning to cover all the passages of Scripture we read, I think it would have to be in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 where the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. If you were with us last Lord's Day morning, You'll recall that we were thinking on the text in Ephesians 5 and the 18th verse. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. We were noticing the peculiar meaning of the words that the Apostle was using as he wrote those instructions to the Ephesian church. He was very clearly dictating that every Christian should continually live full of the Holy Ghost. 
that is under the control and the dominion, the perpetual leadership of the Spirit of the living God. Now that's the teaching of Ephesians 5 and 18. However, there is a parallel truth that runs beside this through the Scriptures. Because equally, every Christian needs the power of the Spirit of God in his service for the Savior. This power, and I'll have quite a bit more to say on that word as we proceed, but this power coming upon the child of God for service is in the Scriptures termed being filled with the Holy Ghost. And I did last week draw the distinction and will again press the distinction as well as the close relation between abiding full that is under the continuing influence and dominion of the Spirit on the one hand and being filled with the Spirit on the other hand. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts 2 and verse 4 tells us of the fulfillment that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now notice as we start out, and keep in mind, otherwise you'll find it difficult, as so many people do, to understand the scriptures in this subject, the distinction in these two related phrases. We sometimes get the impression that the Holy Ghost is a liquid. Now I know that sounds crazy when you put it into words, but that's how even preachers seem to talk about the Holy Spirit, that he's like a liquid, and uh, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to understand that these are metaphors, they are intended to bring us spiritual meaning. Uh, but when we say full of the Holy Ghost, as in Acts 7 and 55, that Stephen existed full of the Holy Ghost, we are simply saying there is a man whose perpetual condition is one of being under the controlling influence of the Spirit. His life is constantly full of the fruit of the Spirit, full of the guidance of the Spirit, full in its surrender and its acceptance and experience of the control of the Spirit. When we talk about a man being filled with the Spirit, uh, we are talking about something certainly related but very different. It's a very interesting thing when you come to the New Testament Scriptures and study them carefully. You will find that while the verb that we noticed last week in Ephesians 5 and 18 is always linked with the idea of an abiding condition, the verb in Acts 2 and 4 and other such passages where we're told people were filled with the Spirit is not only a different word, but it is used in such a way as always to denote a single, self-contained act of God. Not an abiding condition, but usually a sudden, critical, 
manifestation and impartation of the power of God to a human servant, giving a mighty demonstration of the Holy Ghost in and through the service of that man or that woman. You take this word filled, for instance, over in the fourth chapter of the book of Luke. We were reading uh, part of that chapter. But if you want to know just what the word implies, the suddenness and the, uh, the singleness of the action, look at Luke chapter 4, verse 28. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Now, the idea is not that the people of Nazareth were always a bad-tempered bunch and that they lived their lives constantly in a state of wrath. That is not the meaning. The meaning was that there was an instantaneous infilling of wrath within their hearts. And as you follow this word through, as it's used in the New Testament, you'll find that again and again that is the idea. There's a very simple uh, picture of it in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. In chapter 19 of that book, verses 28 and verse 29. You remember that this is Paul at Ephesus, and the uh, people who made their money out of the idol worship at Ephesus weren't too happy at the effects of the preaching of the gospel. Now, watch it carefully in verse 28. When they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Here is a description of these idol makers. They were in a condition of being constantly, perpetually, and uh, unchangeably full of wrath and indignation against the gospel. That's their ongoing condition. Now look at verse 29. And the whole city was filled with confusion. Now here's the, the second word. And the people of Ephesus were not always in a state of confusion. But on this, con uh, on this occasion, they were suddenly filled with confusion. Now, I think that you can see the difference between the word in Ephesians 5, which indicates we ought, as these craftsmen existed full of wrath against the gospel, so we ought to exist full of the, com uh, the Spirit of God and His control and His dominion. And as the city of Ephesus was suddenly filled with a reaction against the gospel, so we ought to be suddenly filled with the Spirit of God in the power that He gives for the preaching of the Word of God. Now this filling, therefore, has the idea of something sudden, something single, something self-contained. It's an action of God in giving power. If you go through the book of Acts, you'll find that that's how it's spoken of. Chapter 2, verse 4, we have read, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Chapter 4 and verse 8 says, then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Again, a single action. On that occasion, God filled him with the power of the Spirit. 4.31, we have read that again they were filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Chapter 13 and verse 9 speaks of Paul before Elymas the sorcerer, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, what are we to make of this? Let me try and make it as simple as I can. An awful lot of confusion among Christians in this area, so I want to be as simple and down to the ABCs that we can't mistake it. At salvation, a Christian receives the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now you say everybody knows that, but do they? When I talk about a Christian at the point of faith in Christ receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, I am not talking about him being born again. I am not talking about him being regenerated. He's regenerated in order to exercise faith. He is not regenerated as the result of faith. This is something that comes after faith. When a man exercises faith, Acts 2 and 38 says he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In other words, when a man comes to Christ, the Spirit of God is imparted to him in such a way, and in turn he imparts such a blessing, such a gift, as will give that young Christian, usually, what we call the first love, a great revelation of Christ, where that young believer, usually very ignorant of deep biblical theology, usually hasn't done much deep study in the Word of God, but my almost by intuition, by the impartation of the gift of the Spirit of God, he immediately recognizes the glory of the Lord Jesus. He's immediately filled with the wonder of his person and the wonder of his grace. And as the result of that, he has a great desire to make man known. How often we see this, that as soon as a person is saved, there is within him a desire to get out and make Christ known. He receives such a gift of the Spirit of God that though he's untrained in theology, though he is inexperienced in the Christian pathway, yet he is immediately useful in the cause of Jesus Christ. It's interesting that immediately following the promise of the gift of the Spirit in Acts 2.38, the Holy Spirit goes on to record how that these young believers were established in the doctrine of the gospel. How they were established in the practice of the gospel. It didn't take them 25 years to become useful in the service of Jesus Christ. Having received the gift of the Holy Spirit, they were immediately useful in the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is clear in Acts chapter 2. And you know, this is something that's equally clear every time there's a revival in the church. You look in times of revival, and of course Acts 2 gives us the greatest revival that the church has ever had. In times of revival, when people get saved, when they come to faith in Christ, there are usually periods of deep agony of soul, deep conviction of sin, much mourning over sin. And then there is that coming to Christ, that sight of Christ by faith, and immediately the joy of the Lord fills their heart. You read the history of revival, and you'll find that Acts 2 is enacted again and again and again. 
Sadly, however, the church is not always in revival. And it's interesting that the power of the Spirit is too often absent or too little seen, both in new converts and older converts. This happened even in the days of the apostles, of course. In Acts chapter 8, you have the picture of the disciples going into Samaria, and they saw God move and save many people, but the Holy Ghost didn't fall upon them. Then in Acts chapter 19, there were people who had been led uh, through the uh, John the Baptist type ministry to look for the Son of God, and yet they hadn't heard the end of the story. There they were believing, but they didn't have the Spirit of God in His fullness upon them. Now, there are theological points there that I'm not about to try to go into this morning. This is not a lecture in theology. But the point stands that there are times when people get genuinely saved and they're regenerated by the Spirit. And yet, for one reason or another, there is not this overwhelming experience of the gift and the power of the Spirit, as there ought to be. There are many possible reasons. One is lack of teaching. I think that's a big problem in our day. There is a lack of the preaching of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Another thing is an incomplete Christian experience. Evangelists and preachers are so busy looking for decisions today, looking for people to come and make a commitment that there is little plowing up of the ground of the heart. There is little application of the law of God. There is little knowledge of the work of conviction. In other words, the Spirit of God is too largely being left out of evangelistic ministry in our day. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 